The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. Okay, well, welcome back, uh, listeners of The Boiling Point. Um, if you've listened to the last few episodes, you'll know that I have a fabulous co-host with me. Um, believe it or not, we are in the same office, even though uh, the light looks very different. <laughs> We've been joking about that a little bit. Um, Emily Roger. Hello, Dave. Hello, listeners. Thanks for having me back as a co-host, filling the uh, filling the chair of Greg Hemmings. Yes. Big seat to fill. Yeah. Well, you've been awesome. Um, I'm excited about the the guests we're going to bring in today, and the fact that um, uh, my wife was saying to me, uh, I mentioned that you you know you coming on as a co-host, and then I mentioned that Crystal being one of the uh, guests, and she said, finally, you're getting some strong women on there instead of all these guys <laughs> and stuff. So. So uh, I, I kind of I said that's a good point. It's a really excellent point. You know, we need a little more, little more balance um, in the in the podcast world, probably or this one, anyways. Um, so, um, how, what have you been taking away from before we introduce our guests and get her uh, jumping in? But what what have you been like? You know, what's this experience been like for you so far? Of co-hosting, yeah, it has been uh, incredible for so many reasons. But I think that. Being able to stay in that uh, curious mindset mm. and being able to get to know people and being able to chat about topics that I might like, when else would I have the opportunity to right. sit down and chat with Dave Carroll? I get to chat with Bruce McLeod all the time, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah of, uh, of really being able to meet new people, hearing new stories, new perspectives, um, learning a lot. Yes. Yeah. That's what I love about the, the, I mean, I, I get way more out of it than um, every, every interview actually, than probably the listeners or the guests too, or whatever. Right. And that's why you keep doing it. Right. Because, or at least I do because of just all the great learning. Um, so such, such an awesome medium and such an awesome way to, to, to just connect and talk and meet people all over the place. And and our guest uh, we have now, I think is coming from Prince Edward Island. I, be, I know that's where she <laughs> lives and that's where her businesses are. Um, is that right, Crystal? Yes, I'm in Charlottetown today. Okay. So at Charlottetown, for anyone that doesn't know, is just this beautiful town in Prince Edward Island. And um it's uh I, I love it there. Um and I, I get every time I get a chance to visit I do. It's been a little bit tricky over the last little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a very kind of COVID friendly place too, hasn't it, Crystal? Yes, we've been quite fortunate here, really. I can't really complain. I went to a play last week for the first time in two years. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's those, all those activities we're looking forward to coming back. So yeah. Crystal, can you um, introduce yourself? To, uh, you and I go way, way back. Um, mm-hmm. We've been um, meeting on a regular basis. Um, we're part of the same entrepreneurial leader program uh, cohort in uh, in Wallace McCain Institute, Emily, uh, Crystal and I are. So I've known Crystal as a peer group. Um, we've been together for almost a decade or coming up to a decade. Yeah. 10 year anniversary coming up. Yeah. And it's, 
And, and we're going to talk about coaching because Crystal's become a coach recently, um, as well as being a CEO of StepScan. Um, the peer group experience is pretty powerful, isn't it, Crystal? Yeah, I can't say enough about it, really. Um, yeah. Well, we, we got together and we would, so what we do, you meet initially, you meet every month uh, for two days and then you get, you start self-moderating and, um, and, and, you know, it, it actually, I think it mirrors coaching a little bit in that it's in a group setting, but you know, you've got um, a forum or confidentiality built in and people bring, um, you know, the whole person comes in, they all happen to be entrepreneurial leaders of different companies. Um, and the experience, and then they get, you know, speakers and all these different things, but the experience of, you know, and, and maybe we were lucky, we have a particularly um, kind of a close group, but I mean, we, our group has literally experienced, you know, just about everything you can imagine experiencing, right. And, and still intact, you know, we lost tragically one of our, one of our cohort members died tragically in, I don't know, it was a year one or two. And um, oh. there's been bankruptcies, there's been people exiting these great companies. There's been health uh, marriages, you know, dissolving and, and starting kids being born. My case. We've seen the happiest of days and the saddest of days for people that we're very close with and that we've had the fortunate experience to support through all of that. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. And actually I think um, Crystal, we should, Crystal, she, she, she moderates our group. I think Emily, uh, and her story, she'd be an awesome speaker for us if she's open to it. Um, it's just, uh, I'd love to love to introduce you to the the larger group. So, so anyway, yeah, yeah. that's a kind of a personal look into that's the background uh, Crystal and I have. But um, Crystal, can you why don't you introduce yourself to the guest or to the listeners? I always call them the guests, the listeners, and Emily, um, and you know, kind of, you know, and, and maybe the topic that we're gonna we're gonna jump into today. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Um, so my name is Crystal Trevers, and um, I am uh, an Air Force brat. Grew up with uh, in the Armed Forces, moved around a bit, settled in the Miramichi, Chatham, and uh, moved to Charlottetown. Big part of my two-year plan, and I've been here twenty-five years. <laughs> I so, love your plans. <laughs> your plan, yep. So twenty-five and counting. But I do really love it here. And uh, as Dave said, I do own a company called StepScan Technologies. And um, it's a medical technology. And we we analyze how people walk. And we do that for um, medical rehabilitation. So we sell equipment to hospitals and PT clinics or physical therapy clinics and uh, universities that do medical research. And we really offer them that opportunity to objectively measure somebody's walking patterns. and they use that information to guide treatment and develop new treatment plans. So it's um, something we're really proud of here. And um, we're into year 10 on that too, actually. And um, I think, you know, for me with the purpose of uh, transitioning into why I became a coach, a lot of it had to do with the Wallace McCain Institute and my experiences there. And um when you learn and experience purposeful conversation with purposeful outcomes, there's a magic that happens with coaching. And if anybody who's ever been coached and has experienced this magic, it's really powerful and life-changing. 
and simple sometimes, right? <laughs> um, and I was just really inspired by it. And and actually, and you know, Dave being a professional coach um, and encouraging that it, you know it was a good route for me to take. Um, I'm just really happy that I did it. And now not only do I get to still experience the breakthroughs of coaching as I'm being coached, but I also get to offer that back to people. And it's really rewarding. So. Well, you know, what's interesting. You're, you're, you're on a very, very similar trajectory, Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I recently, I've gone through coach training before, but recently went through the Royal Rose university nice. uh, training. And yeah, I know for me that the power, the impact of, of, being of having a coach and um, being able to facilitate similar experiences. Not all of our experiences are similar um, with coaching, but to others. And it, it, yeah, it is a rewarding, a rewarding um, field of work. That is for sure. And uh, you know, even with like clients who I've worked with previously, um, and you know, at that time they might not be having, or they, or they might be having certain insights but then it can be six months from then or a year from then that it's like, Oh, right. Together. <laughs> yeah. Like to shorten the path to clarity. Right. <laughs> right. And I have those as, you know, as, as, as being a coachy, I have these like, Oh, right. That's how I now apply that to my life. <laughs> No, and I will share the first kind of breakthrough that I had, which might sound really simplistic, but as a startup CEO in a tech company and really feeling like you have to keep your gas, like keep the, you know, keep the gas going. And I had a coach say to me, what would it be like for you to take two hours off in the day? Oh, no, I, I couldn't do that. And then it probably took me about three months to accept the fact that I could reach out to my staff and, and say, I am not available from three to five on Tuesday afternoons. Mm. And gift yourself that. Yeah. Gift yourself two hours in the day where you can just go and do whatever you want. Mm. Crystal's priorities. It's still on the calendar. Now it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays from three to five. Look at you. <laughs> so that was my first coaching breakthrough. And, and I mean, it might not sound spectacular, but it really was for me. Well, it's interesting. We were talking about this in the last podcast, the power of coaching and the experience yeah. and Bruce had been coaching Emily. So it was just interesting to hear them unpack their experience. And, um, um, but, but, you know, we were talking about what's showing up a lot now is this, you know, is that, that our, our personal lives and our work lives have become through a pandemic. So entwined, not that they weren't before, but just, you know, heavily entwined because you're working from home. And I mean, right now, if you're living in New Brunswick, Canada, you're also got your kids back at home, not because of the pandemic, because of a strike, but that's a mm-hmm. whole different conversation. So I'm a bit, I'm very reminded about where do I set up? You know, cause the kids take over my office for some reason they got, they have dibs. Like, I don't know why that is, but <laughs> that might be a parenting thing. Um, so, you know, so we're, we're working through all that, but, but just as I, but, and then, you know, we were talking about having, you know, um, um, unleashing courage in others and in ourselves. And sometimes it's the small things that yeah. can be very courageous. So, but knowing you the way I know you, Crystal, that is big two yeah. hours, you know, and now twice, like, like, you know, kudos to you, but that's, yeah, that's, 
for like someone who, you know, knows a little bit about hustling and working hard. Um, but you know, that idea, our strength can be our liability too. Right. Um, so, and we, you know, we, and, um, Bruce, uh, in, in our conversation with him, Bruce McLeod in the last podcast, um, an executive coach himself, he's on faculty at Royal roads. He was, you know, talking about, um, you know, this listen, hear, understand people and the whole, and listening is such a big part of coaching. Mm. Um, and Crystal has, a, um, and, and I have learned and continue to learn so much about listening. And, and in some of the training I've, we, we do um, these exercises and they tend to be the most impactful. And I've, I've this one particular one and it's around listening and you kind of set it up and I won't give it away, but I've literally, I've delivered as far away as Belgrade, Serbia, um, you know, kind of all corners of North America, like literally down to, you know, deep South and Florida up you know, in the Yukon, you know, all through Atlanta, Canada and California. Uh, like and the reason I share that is because in all these different places and every time I do this one listening exercise, what, what boils up is, uh, is independent of, you know, time zones and cultures, mm. language, even to a degree. Right. But it's just this, it's this misunderstood thing about how do you properly listen to stuff? Um, so, so I kind of thought I'm getting a handle on it. And, and then I read a blog post that Crystal has, and it just gave me a whole new perspective. I was just like, and here, you know, it's a good friend, um, almost like kind of my Atlantic Canadian sister, uh, Crystal. Um, and I was like, all the time she's been sitting there, you know, I've been across for her hours and hours in these groups. And I, I you know, I had never really talked to her about this. And so I was, you know, um, would you share that blog post? And uh, I know Emily's read it. And Emily will, will be well researched on this. I'm learning from posting <laughs> with her. So I'm just trying to get all my stuff out, good stuff out early. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. No problem, Dave. Yeah. I just, um, it's something I had been meaning to do for a while and something I'd been wanting to do for a while. And so, and it's not common knowledge, I think amongst most my peers is, is that I've actually hearing impaired and I've been wearing hearing aids since I was a little girl. And um, I was taking my coaching training and we were taking all these, like, I would say all these classes, but spending a significant amount of time talking about effective listening and effective listening skills. And I found it really surprising because, and while I just contemplating that thinking there was a lot of effort going into teaching people how to be effective listeners. And then I came to this realization that I'm really good at that because I don't really have a choice. It's just something that I've learned that if I'm not actively consciously listening, I'm really just not participating in the conversation at all. And, you know, I've learned a lot of things from being hearing impaired. Also, I have a son who's hearing impaired. And so I've learned a ton more about communicating with other people that are hearing impaired. And some I've learned a lot of tips like parenting a young child, a rambunctious boy that needs to be kind of roped in sometimes. Yeah, you learn that there's a combination of skills uh, between parenting and parenting a hearing impaired child. So I wrote a blog uh, about common courtesies about how to effectively communicate with people when they're hearing impaired. And I think there's place for that in parenting in the workplace and uh, with with parents. And we see our um, population aging. And part of that is hearing impairment. And there's a whole population of people that need a little more understanding and a little bit of courtesy when it comes to communication. So that's what I wrote about. 
The line in your blog that really stood out to me and something that I've been really aware of lately is that active listening is a conscious choice. Absolutely. Yep. And um, you ha- yeah, you have to make a conscious decision to be a part of that conversation. And that looks like to me is putting down your phone and like not looking at the TV and turning the radio down and creating an environment that is open to that kind of communication where it's, it's just connected. Yeah. And so I, um, in your blog, I was really intrigued by and curious about why the increase in the amount of people, like, I think it, I think you had written by 2050 one in so one in five. Yeah. And I think it's really just a correlation to our aging population. Okay. So, um, the stat is kind of in our um, like 40 to 54 years old. There's about a two to 4% people that have a disabling hearing loss. So that's like 35 decibels or more. But when you get to 60, it's one in three. Hmm. Right. So it's a natural aging issue for sure. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah. And one thing that I've been really aware of with the mask mandate now is I have a hard time like... Mm. Without being able to see lip reading and those verb and those like those facial cues and stuff in, and being able to really understand people. And so, yeah, if you could speak to that in, in what changes have you felt in that? Um, um, well, some masks are worse than others, but, um, for a hearing aid person like myself, I actually, when I realize I can't read lips because I do rely on lip reading, it's easier for me to close my eyes. Mm. Really? So if I close my eyes and listen, it just shuts out all the other senses. And it just allows me to connect and focus a little more on what's being said. Just focus on that one sense. So yes, I've had tons of experiences where you're just like, oh God. <laughs> like, oh, so, you know, you, you work around it. Some people will, uh, you know, put them down, especially like if you're in a place like a bank or something like you can, you can work your way around some of those situations, but it is a challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah this is, that would be a remarkable challenge. Wouldn't yeah. I guess it, yeah. Cause I know I'm, I'm struggling with that, that right now as well. I, what I, what I, you know, uh, I've noticed my mother has a, a hearing impairment. Um, uh, she's been wearing hearing aids for quite a while and she probably should have been wearing them a lot sooner <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Um, but 
you know, like, and, and actually, you know, what's interesting, Chris, I don't know if you know this, uh, but I used to do hearing testing. Um, no, I didn't know yeah. That. yeah, I worked with, uh, for a, a company that would go into workplaces and you would, uh, and it was, it was through workers, you know, it was kind of a requirement through workers' compensation. And it was, you know, and you give them tips on how, and it was usually like sawmills or any, any, any environment that was up above a certain decibel, I guess. And then you would have the records and you would compare and you would, you know, kind of counsel them, I guess, on, on, you know, how to make sure you're, you're hearing. And I remember this one gentleman came in and he was, he was like, um, <clears throat> he'd lost a lot of hearing. He was kind of an older guy and probably prior, you know, like he was in environments where they had nothing probably, right. It was screaming engines and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and you're in this quiet kind of space because you drive these trucks up and you have these two booths that you would use. And um, it was, uh, but and it, it missed a lot of interesting people. It wasn't kind of my work just because it was, it was so, it was, I mean, they were, the company was there to make money. Right. So um, they would churn people through pretty quickly, but you'd hear these stories, but one, one in particular stood out where this guy was saying, you know, um, he was talking about how, how he's been compensated for his hearing loss and, and how it, how he compared it to uh, how his colleague was um, compensated for losing a thumb and okay. it was disproportionate. And he was saying, I've lost my life mm -hmm. is the way he was describing it to me. He goes, I can't, I can't go anywhere. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go to a movie. Like that's how pronounced it was for him. Um, that, that really, you know, obviously I'm sharing it with you. It was like probably 25 years ago. Um, just how isolating it can be, Crystal. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, you, like my grandmother lost her hearing aid or her hearing, sorry, as she aged as well. And it's frustrating for the person. It's frustrating for the family because you're used to being able to have an easy communication and that's lost. And really without the corrective action of hearing aids or another type of support, they really just shut off, right? They isolate. It's hard to be a part of a crowd. It's hard to, you can't talk on the phone. Um, everything becomes quite a challenge. And um, even people who have the option to get hearing aids because they can afford them or they have insurance or whatever purposes, the transition to start to wear hearing aids is really a challenge that requires a lot of patience from, I think, you know, the family and the user and just some positive mindset too, right? Because it's a big transition. People often say, oh, it must be just like getting glasses, but it's really, it's not, it's not at all. It's not the same thing. And so what would be some ways like during the mask mandate now, if in speaking to someone with someone who is hearing impaired, what are some ways um, to be able to communicate with them more effectively, knowing that the masks are potentially covering the lip reading. And yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the common courtesies that you might give to somebody, even if it wasn't with a mask would still apply. So, um, background noise, that's a big one. Um, in any kind of environment where you can reduce the amount of background noise is very, very helpful. Again, so you can really concentrate on the, the message that's coming through. Um, uh, so with that, I guess with background noise, wind noise, if you're in an outdoor environment can be quite a challenge. So you have to be conscious of that. Um, if you're trying to exchange information like phone numbers, uh, addresses, just write it down on a piece of paper. Um, and you know, especially if you recognize somebody struggling, 
hearing impaired or not hearing impaired, if somebody's struggling and they have to ask you three different times to repeat yourself, it gets gets um, frustrating and maybe a little bit they get, you know, you can get self-conscious and just get frustrated. So it's really a good idea to just rephrase it. Sometimes just the word you're saying it or they're not getting the letter or the word, just pick a different word and it just comes through really clear. Um, there's just so many things like talking face to face. Like I said, like, um, we have some rules in the house. My kids are actually moved out now. Um, both my teenagers are out, but, um, you know, not, no yelling from another room. Like there was no yelling up the stairs. Supper's ready. We had a practice of walking up the stairs, going into the room and connecting with the person and saying supper's ready. Mm. And, and I mean, that's just really maybe a courtesy that everybody could do. It's just a little more pleasant. You're making me think of my home environment right now. Right. <laughs> or, the, or the drilling that's going yeah, off. <laughs> that I think yeah. told these these don't pick up. So I'm hoping that's the case. But we still yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can hear the drilling noise in the background. You guys are good. But you know what? It would be um, funny. Um, oh yeah, this, there's pretty loud drilling actually yeah. going. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> you know what? You know what's actually you know. So on that, it's about probably like you say, um, you know, being conscious about active listening. You know, and um, and when you can't reduce dis- distractions, it's interesting. Chris, I'll use the idea of just closing your eyes mm-hmm. um, yeah. and getting to that one sense. I actually, and I've talked about this it's probably. If anyone, <laughs> for the few people who've listened to a lot of these podcasts. Um, uh, we, like we were, we were talking before, uh, earlier about, you know, coaching remotely, right. Or digitally. And, um, and I'm one of those people that I don't mind doing this if a client wants to be on zoom. Um, and in your case, you were talking about being coached by Bruce and it could be really helpful because you, you, you know, you're, you, you express, you're expressive in your body language. Mm-hmm. And this is what I took from that. Um, what I've found, like if someone, so I'd happy to go to a zoom. I think sometimes the physical stuff gets in the way of what I'm hearing um, and, and taking in, you know what I mean? And, and, and focusing on, and I actually find that talking over the phone is actually for me easier. Maybe that, and that's, my, that's probably selfish, but I feel like I can like, you know, this concept of listen, understand a lot more, just, uh, just, you know, it, it's just a, you know, maybe the cadence of the speech or like, you know, the tightness of the voice and all these little nuances, you know, that especially if you know your client quite well, that you can pick up on. Does that, is that are you guys, does that make sense for you guys? Yeah, no, I definitely can, can uh, relate to that in, in certain circumstances where I do, yeah, coaching just on with clients over the phone for certain clients who don't want to do Zoom and how I um, can at times almost like more intently listen because that is all of my focus is just on what they are saying and maybe a little more time to reflect too like between the question and the answer reflection the next question it just seems more natural to be able to pause I, that's what i find there's there's just a yeah there's a nice ability to just pause and really think about what you want to say next and where you want the session to go Yeah. Well, and how sometimes like, I mean, I'm always so conscious when I get on my computer, it's shut everything else off, turn off every notification because I can so easily get thrown off. And then next thing you know, it's, oh, wait, what were we talking about? What's your name again? Like, (laughs) it's just like eliminate all of that. Well, in fact, that that happened at the first, our first uh, interview 
what you were the guest and they, and we, I had, we're having technology issues, Crystal. And, uh, but my phone was binging and this and that. I couldn't get into the conversation. I was trying very hard, you know, but I was like, <laughs> I'm totally distracted right now. Like I'm worried about my internet shutting down. Like it was, so it's, you know, so I, I, I guess what we're getting at is, you know, your recommendations um, of the courtesies with a hearing impaired person, really, would, is it fair to say they apply to everyone? I would agree. Um, that's definitely one of my biggest takeaways. So just, you know, the courtesies that you afford to somebody that's hearing impaired can be applied to everybody. And like when I think about what they're doing in the schools, um, I don't know what it's like in New Brunswick, but in PEI, the educational system support for hearing impaired children is amazing. And at this point, I believe every school has an FM system, every classroom. So it used to be a personal FM system that my son would wear and the teacher would wear a microphone. And so he would have um, the technology that would basically allow him to have a modulated uh, hearing level. And, uh, but then they moved it to putting FM systems in all the schools. Now all the children get to listen without too much, not just really having to concentrate so hard because listening takes a lot of energy. And when you're hearing impaired, it takes even more energy. So it's like, imagine being at a concert and, or in a loud restaurant or at a party and, you know, you're trying to have a conversation, but it's too loud. And sometimes for a hearing aid person, that's basically their experience most of the time. So, um, yeah. So just again, in the school systems, I'm having this FM system. It just really makes it easier for the kids to learn. That's awesome. So every kid has access to it. Yep. And it's just speakers in the classroom and, um, the teachers and just every angle and every seat in the room, every kid is going to have the same, uh, level of sound. Wow. Cause there's probably a lot of, I mean, it must go, um, undiagnosed in a lot of people if it's not really severe, would that be, is, do you know if there's any data on that crystal? Well, um, my son is 20 now and when he was born, they, um, there was no kind of hearing testing. And when my daughter was born three years later, every baby born has a hearing test. There's a, there's technology for testing the hearing of newborns. And so again, I'm not sure what the situation in New Brunswick, but since 2003, every baby in PEI is tested for hearing impairment. So that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When I read the blog um, at the end of it, it was, wow. Yeah. Emily, how can you apply all of these things to everyone, Mm. to every conversation, whether someone is hearing impaired or not, they're just incredible takeaways and, and conscious things that we can be doing to be a more effective listener and communicator. Yeah. And I, and I really love um, just the courtesy of saying the person's name first. So when you have a hearing impaired six-year-old and you say, supper's ready, Evan, come for dinner. He doesn't really connect until he hears Evan. So everything that happened before that isn't really, he just hasn't comprehended it. And so then, you know, you're repeating yourself. So, but I've learned through that experience that anytime you want to get somebody, you get their attention first, pause, and then, you know, have your conversation, ask your question, state whatever it is that you want to talk about, but it just saves um, a lot of back and forth and energy. And, and I think people appreciate the signal 
hundred percent. Yeah, no, for sure. Any other um, nuggets that, that you pulled out of the, the blog post? And we should, we'll put that yeah. up. Yeah. It's like, what have I learned from my, my child? Um, just, um, you know, things like, pay, I mean, obviously you learn patience. Um, being an effective listener and a good communicator requires patience. Um, and, you know, um, just, again, it's maybe just being there, like just being present. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that's one one of the big takeaways that I got from, from re- reading your blog post and even from this conversation is being fully present. And um, my nephew was eight and him and I were playing Lego over the summer and I was in Fredericton visiting him. And uh, he asked me a few times during the day I was working if I would go and play Lego with him. <laughs> Finally, I said yes. Went up to his room. Normally I would jump on it, but I had things that I kind of needed to be doing and, um, or I thought I needed to be doing. So sitting there playing Lego with him, but I had my phone there and I was about 20% involved in Lego and 80% involved with what was going on on my phone. And he called me out on it. He, my nieces and my nephew all called me Auntie Emma. He's like, Auntie Emma, you're not playing Lego with me. And I was like, wow, Ari, yeah, you're right. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was called, I mean, it just made me sit back and kind of reflect on what areas am I not being fully present in what it is that I am doing and in what, whether it's a conversation with someone, if I'm not fully present that people pick up on it and it's not even the fact that people pick up on it. It's just, it's, it's not okay. If I'm going to, if I'm going to commit my time to something, if it's playing Lego, if it's a call, if it's a, whatever it is that I want to be intentional and fully present. Yeah. And you're right. People do notice. I definitely notice. I would say, Dave, you can comment on that too, but when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're half in and half out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, well, in fact, I I've come to learn and I believe that one of the more disrespectful things you can do is pretend, listen, Mm. you know, and like, or half listen. And that kind of is part of this exercise you do, we do and around storytelling and you get people to half listen and, this amazing the reaction and how because the unfortunately i think a lot of people take from that that um you're not interested in my story if you dig deeper than that into that you're not really interested in me and you know and who i am and you know and the people can feel devalued just from listening right that's why i always find surprise like surprising is that is and then if you ask anyone they'll say you know do you are you good listen oh yeah i listen you know um but i i can listen and i can also you know, do an email at the same time. Yeah, no, it doesn't right. work that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least from this conversation, we're, we're picking up on that. Um, just in like, as we, as we kind of um, round this up here, Crystal, is there like, so, you know, how do you think, um, I guess, you know, you're showing up differently or maybe what, you know, that having, having hearing loss and learning strategies and, and, you know, kind of, all the things you've learned, you know, with, with Evan as well, who's your son. Um, like, how does that show up in your coaching? Do you think? Um, well, obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm a very good listener. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to listen from a very early age. Um, and, um, I just like being present. I just, it's, it's a natural skill at, 
this, you know, um, point and the opportunity to be able to take that gift and, and use it to help people is amazing. Who would have thought that just being a good listener could turn into a, you know, more supportive career choice, right? So amazing. Um, yeah, actually, that's good. Well, so in a way, it's been a gift, right? For you? Um, there's yeah. a something there for sure. Yes. So lots of life lessons, right? Um, for sure. Um, and, you know, you can focus on, you know, we say the disability, but I think about what my life would be like if I didn't have hearing aids. I would be isolated. Um, I would not be the CEO of a med tech company. Like if the, if the technology didn't exist, my life would be very yeah. Wow. So I choose to celebrate the advancement of technology for, for hearing impaired people over being hearing impaired. Mm. Yeah. That's such an, that's such a great way of looking at it. And uh, mm. yeah. And I think if our family and friends could kind of get that bus in too, like we're all going to be, we're all going to have friends and family that are going to end up with hearing loss and um, it's really, it's okay. Right. There's a, there's a fix for it. You can get hearing aids, you can adapt, you can learn how to live with them and you can enjoy your life just like you did before. Yeah. Good point. Um, so for people that are someone listening and saying, geez, I'd like to talk to Crystal about, you know, having her be my coach. Um, what, what's your kind of ideal client profile and how do people find you? Cause you're, you're offering a little bit different type of coaching than we would at vision coaching. Yeah. So um, the coaching training I took specific was transformational life coaching. And um, cause I, I am an executive leader and, um, and there is like, there's a coaching around that. And I just found that more, I'm drawn more towards people who are maybe not so much looking at executive coaching, but more life coaching. And um, the people that I've coached find that the end of our time together what they walk away with is this calm confidence that just kind of resonates through their life in all aspects. So I get a lot of reward out of that. It feels really good. So that's neat is that she, you know, and step scan is no, uh, you know, wilting flower. Like mm. it's like she's going for, it. but at the same time, Crystal, you decided, you know what I want to, uh, it's almost like you had this calling, right? Um, exactly. That you had to listen to and, and there's a wonderful story behind that, but if, but people can read more or like, where, what's the website, your, your coaching website. Yeah. So it's livejoycoach.com. Livejoycoach.com. So the company is called live joy coaching. And, um, I called it that because, you know, there was a moment where, um, you question what is it like to live joy and am I living joy and how can I do that better every day? And so that's kind of more like, I really want to teach people how to live joy. Mm, yeah. Life. Yeah. Uh, it's such a pleasure to get to chat with you. And I've learned so much just from this, uh, yeah, from this conversation. And at the end of the Boiling Point podcast, we do the, um, we, do the we do the takeaways. So and go for uh, it, Emily. Yeah, I just, um, I think I kind of already you know, spoke to mine, um, just around the, the takeaway of that hearing impaired or not, that active listening is a choice and, um, to make that conscious choice 
to how can we be more present in every single thing that we do. So thank you for reminding me of that and helping me deep, uh, more deeply reflect on that. You're welcome, Emily. Yeah, thanks, Crystal. Well, for me, I, I think uh, there's, I mean, you stole mine. I should have gone first. I remember that <laughs> I was supposed to go first. <laughs> um, but I was uh, um, uh, just reminded of the isolation that's involved, you know, and, and you know, and that, and again, that, that isolation happens for a lot of people. And, you know, certainly we're talking about someone with, a, you know, has str- struggling to hear, um, but, you know, it's maybe just people that aren't being listened to, right? And and trying to find a, an opportunity to make sure when you can, because it does take energy to listen and, you know, pick your spots, but, um, you know, hear someone else's story. And that, that's funny that that story from years ago in an audio testing booth came up. And I just, I distinctly remember this guy and, and I just was, it was a real gift what he shared um, in terms of my understanding and because it applied to my mother. And I mm-hmm. thought, Oh man. And you know what, you know what, to make matters worse for her, she would have along the way, she had this virus that would hit her vocal cords. So she has troubles hearing. And then she would have these like two weeks, she couldn't talk. And she would talk about the isolation around that. And yeah. Oh my gosh. And, but what was really interesting at the same time, it was just hard to include her in conversations because you know, it was, you know, you know, and it was less about like in, recognizing that uh, in groups, especially she just retreat and she's, she's no, you know, she's a very forceful character, like a personality. And uh, to see that happen is like, it's a reminder of, you know, the, the value of how, how important communication is and yeah. expressing ourselves. So um, cool. And people know how to find you. Um, what about you, Crystal? Anything you're taking away from just being on the other, being a guest on the boiling point? Um, I guess it's just solidifying to me, um, same, it's funny, I wrote this blog and I'm doing this podcast and uh, it's these little common, like these little courtesies and how important they are. And and now that my kids have moved out, that I can still apply them to clients and employees and friends and family around me. And uh, I think we'll all be better for it. Awesome. Totally. We're going to get John Viev to, I do, I do want to point out um, the difference in quality of Emily's picture and my picture like this, like I'm in this <laughs> dark shade. This is like, she's got this, this like, like, yeah, like this angel over her shoulder. And it's like, we are in the same exact same office space. You wouldn't <laughs> believe that. Um, Jean Viev, um, can you do some editing on that video? I think, or I think I'm in the. Uh, I can try, but I think it's just Emily has that natural glow. I think it's yeah. just we might just have to leave that one alone. I think that's a good point. I think an excellent point. Um, can you do our what do we call it when the the extra where we're going to share our social media and our website information? Uh, so if you want to find out more about the Boiling Point, head head over to boilingpointpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can find us on any podcast platform. And what you'll also find, and something that we'd encourage people to do, is anytime that we use hashtags, which makes it easier for people to find our content, we capitalize every word in the hashtag, which makes it more accessible for people who are using screen screen reading technologies, uh, who have dyslexia or other cognitive uh, issues that they're dealing with. Uh, so if you share something from the boiling point, just capitalize your hashtags and it makes it a lot more accessible for a lot of people out there. 
Now, what an interesting takeaway that I never, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So thanks for joining <laughs> There we go. Crystal, thank you. Lovely seeing you. Uh, talk soon. Thanks for coming on. Emily, been a real pleasure. We've, we've done, I mean, now we're four. We're four. Yeah. I think, yeah. You, I think then oh. you got to, you wouldn't know, right? That, that Emily's only done four podcasts, Crystal. Natural. I know. Totally. Totally. I know there's thousands of listeners will say, move over, Dave. <laughs> nope. Uh, I'll, I'll sit I'll sit beside you though, Dave. Okay. Anytime. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I need, I need to build my confidence up here. Um, okay. Well, bye everyone. And uh, like, like uh, Jean-Vierre said, please, please listen wherever you can. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.